You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Force Talk Podcast. We call Jason. This your call Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today. NBA playoffs, NBA playoffs, NBA playoffs. It is here, and we are all in it. And we'll talk a little bit about trade scenario, but first, Danny, right into NBA playoffs and where these Buster 76ers go ahead and lose by 24 in Game 7, man. Lose by 24 in Game 7. Against the Boston Celtics and where Jason Tatum just exploded. He ended up with 51 points, 13 rebounds. He put on just an amazing show. And let me just say that the Philadelphia 76ers did not put on a show. <laughs> a part of me actually thought that James Hart was going to show up in this game seven. I, I honestly thought that with all of the past performances, mm-hmm. it's Golden State or whomever, James Harden would show up. Pretty certain he got tired of hearing about not showing up in the playoffs. He goes on to score 45 points and 42 points in a couple of these games in the series. And so I thought, well, maybe he'll at least score 20 points and maybe 10 assists or something like that, just to, where he can get the rest of the team going, uh, and it would bode well for him and also Joel Embiid, and for that matter, even uh, Maxi. Mm-hmm. James Harden didn't show up, man. He only had nine points, nine points, seven assists, uh, five turnovers, and he really, in my opinion, really played to the referees. He was always trying to get a call from the referees instead of going to the basket instead of uh, doing floaters, uh, whatever the case may be. Danny, what I saw was this a travesty here in terms of effort. Uh, and looking at the box scores here, looking at P.J. Tucker, who normally doesn't score like this, but he ended up scoring 11 points. Uh, Tobias Harris scored 19 points. He was 7 for 13 from the field. Joel Embiid, your MVP of the NBA, Scores 15 points, man. Are you kidding me? Five for 18 from the field, 0 for four from the three-point line. He ends up with eight rebounds. Maxi 17 points, five for 12 from the field. Uh, really, no bench production whatsoever here for Philly. Uh, Danny, this was just a lack of effort, a lack of wanting it, a lack of your MVP demanding the ball. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see where Philly goes with this. I honestly thought that we would have by now seen Doc Rivers fired. Quite frankly, um, I'm not a proponent of firing anyone. Um, but just from a historical nature of the NBA, uh, when a coach is on the hot seat and they lose a, a series, Monday morning or the next morning, you would see a firing. Um, and so maybe Philadelphia sticks with Doc Rivers. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. What say you about this series, Andy? Two quarters, Jason. Game six, Philadelphia put up 13 points in the fourth mm -hmm. quarter. And then yesterday's game, they put up 10 points in the third quarter. That is not going to get it done, Jason. <laughs> Boston took full advantage of Philadelphia's missteps. This one's going to have Philadelphia kicking themselves because I thought if they're going to match up with Miami, granted Jimmy Butler's been playing lights out, but I thought this was their opportunity to get to the finals. If they were to beat Boston – and they had Miami up next because, you know, they're bigger than Miami, but they failed, man. And, yeah, if Monty Williams gets fired, Coach Bug gets fired, Doc Rivers should be getting fired just on the premise of failing in the series like he did and what they did and how they did lack of execution, put it like that, in key moments. Congratulations to the Boston Celtics. Again, they did not look sharp per se. Tatum went off yesterday, but they could have been had by Philadelphia. Philadelphia would have took care of their business and they didn't. So now the series I thought would have been first round if Miami would have won that playing game is now the Eastern Conference Finals with Miami and Boston. I just can't believe though Harden, vintage Harden, Harden. came up small in a big game. And he wasn't even the focal point. Joel Embiid is the focal point, right? He's the MVP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So James Harden just couldn't take advantage. And I'm very curious to see what happens with Philadelphia's lineup next year. Because they have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, Daryl Morey does. And if you're Houston, I don't think i take James Harden back, oh, honestly. Oh, no. For one, he, put, he did what he did to get out of Houston. And then... Because, you know, with the rumors of him possibly returning. After this performance, there's there's no need, man. I think Philadelphia is actually a good spot for him because he can play off Embiid. But if they get a new coach, who will be on the move from a lineup perspective? A lot of decisions to be made. Philadelphia is kind of the same boat as Milwaukee, if you look at it. Just based on free agency and kind of where they landed. A um, lot of question marks. So looking forward to the offseason to see what Philadelphia does. But congratulations to the Boston Celtics. And they're moving on. Danny, uh, just to add to that here, looking at the salary, the team salary uh, payroll here, you have Tobias Harris scheduled for next year to get $39.2 million. Joel, Joel Embiid, $46.9 million. James Harden with a, with that player option, $35.6 million. P.J. Tucker, $11 million. D'Anthony Melton, $8 million. Cork Moss, $5.3. Daniel House Jr., player option for $4.3. Tyrese Maxey still on that rookie deal, if you will. Team option for $4.3 million. Are you kidding me? Ooh. They are getting a steal. Tyro, Tyrese Maxey, man. Mm -hmm. And that to me right there, that's your that's the heart of the Philadelphia 76ers right there. No way would I trade Tyrese Maxey. They need to go ahead and give this young man a, a full-blown contract, man. Yes, they got some decisions to be made, but James Harden better take this $35.6 million as a player option. I don't see anywhere where he's getting a long-term deal 
what he's thinking. And I, I'll agree with you. If I'm Houston, I'm not taking him back. Uh, and truth be told, it's going to be hard for James Harden to find a team. He has his lifestyle that he needs to maintain, uh, whether it's going to Vegas or otherwise, uh, in the middle of a playoff series or right before a playoff series. Uh, I don't know how much his head is really into the game necessarily. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but he cert- certainly wasn't there for game seven. Just as we're talking about the NBA, we have to talk about this coaching carousel, that being the Milwaukee Bucks. Seems like the Milwaukee Bucks are casting their net out for coaches here. Uh, we obviously heard about uh, Monty Williams uh, being fired uh, from the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams is now on the list for Milwaukee Bucks to, to look at. Um, you also have the likes of uh, Ty Lue uh, being considered, even though he's with the Clippers, that would mean that uh, the Bucks would probably have to give up a draft pick or two or three in order to uh, get Ty Lue. Uh, then there's another coach here, assistant coach for the Miami Heat, Chris Quinn, uh, who's being considered for a head coaching job. I can see that. Why not go to the people who beat you? Uh, not once, but twice over the past three years. So um, the, that's going to be an interesting uh, piece there. Also heard that the bus considering Mark Jackson. That's going to be an interesting interview. Um, Want to see how much Mark would consider analytics considering this new age of coaching. Uh, but this is a wide range of coaching uh, coaches that um, the Bucs are considering. Atkins, Kenny Atkins, assistant over at the uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, I mentioned that right off the mm-hmm. bat. I liked how Kenny Atkins coached the uh, Brooklyn Nets before um, all the hoopla in Brooklyn. But we'll see what happens here, Danny. I, I just hope, though, that whatever coach we get, they can make adjustments, in-game adjustments. We can tell Giannis the guard, the best player. They can uh, really uh, defend the three-point line. They can put a sort of effort into putting in a good offense and where it doesn't require Giannis to dribble up the ball every time. Yes, it could you know, be a mismatch, but instead of Giannis starting with the ball, maybe he ends with the ball a little bit more. Uh, offensively, I'm hoping that we uh, unleash Chris Middleton more. Um, so we'll see what happens here. What say you about this coaching search, name? Jason, uh, when you sent the screenshot yesterday and it said Ty Lu, I just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I thought initially they may target. I just don't know if they're going to give a draft compensation for him just due to what's went down in these last couple of days with firings and um, who they're plan- planning to interview, who they've interviewed. But it has to be an upgrade over Bud. Mm-hmm. And this coach has to demand the respect of Giannis. So if Giannis doesn't respect this person, that has to be also considered. Giannis, I don't see that being an issue per se, but it's something that needs to be accounted for. And then, like I mentioned in the past, Chris Middleton, what are they going to do with Middleton? Because that may also factor into who they bring in because it could uh, shape the offense they're looking at running. 
because if Middleton's not here, who may be in that two-guard spot and how they actually execute the offense, running it through Giannis or however they do it. So, yeah, there's just been names after names after names, and it's one of those things where you hope they have someone in mind and they're just kind of going through, you know, checking the boxes, making sure they have everything in order. But then you get a little nervous, too, because it's like, all right, Scotty Brooks, you know, because there's rumors every day about the Bucks in this opening. And so you see some of these, and you're like, side-eye, like, well, come on now. (laughs) This person or that person. So I'm just hoping it's a formality, and they're just doing this, and they'll make their decision. And who who knows? They may be waiting on somebody, too, from one of these other playoff teams. Like you mentioned, Chris Quinn, um, or somebody else off the bench of, say, the Nuggets or whatever. Who knows? But like I said, it has to be somebody that's, when we, if it comes through and like, all right, this makes sense. That's what we're looking for. They need that splash to carry on what they've built so far and not regress when they make this coaching hire. And just as you say that, Danny, I think, you know, assistant from Denver, like you need a dynamic guard like Jamal Murray to really maybe run that type of offense who has the ball in their hands. And mm-hmm. so we do have that in the likes of Drew yep. who can defend, um, who does have a good scoring touch. And you can almost say, well, you got MVP, like for like MVP and Giannis and that of the Joker. Uh, and so I think an assistant from Denver could really quickly implement their offense into the Bucks. Um, so yeah, that would be very intriguing to kind of see uh, that makeup uh, in, in everything. Uh, we don't, in my opinion, we don't need no Scotty Brooks. Uh, but here's a question for you, Danny. Monty Williams. I definitely believe Giannis has the respect for Monty Williams, especially after that championship run where Monty Williams actually came into the locker room and congratulated the Bucks, And there was a whole video about, you know, on that. Uh, and so I think there's a respect factor there, but do you get a coach who, who you beat in the finals? Like if you're trying to get to the next level, mm-hmm. that championship, don't you get a championship coach or a, a coach assistant who has been in that championship locker room? And so with that, your your options are limited at that point in time. So now mm-hmm. you're looking at the Ty Lues, looking at the Nick Nurse, and then maybe this coach down in Miami, assistant coach in Miami, maybe. If Doc Rivers goes, I'm hoping that we do not get Doc Rivers. Leave Doc where he's at. Um, I think we can, you know, do well without Doc. I, I know they're talking about, oh, the Marquette-Milwaukee reunion, and not, no, no. He's a downgrade from Bud at this point in time in his coaching career. Well, in, not only that, Danny, he has really, really leveraged this championship win with the Celtics way back in the day when Paul Pierce was still playing, when KG was still playing, when Ray Allen was still playing. You're talking about someone who really squeezed out a championship 
Dak has squeezed out a championship that afforded him not one, but two jobs mm-hmm. afterwards. So I don't think we need that. And now, Danny, on to our trading car scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, tonight's trading car scenario is Donovan Mitchell's 2017 Panini Prism rookie card for Devin Booker's 2015 Panini Donruss rookie card. A couple quick bios. Donovan Mitchell went to the University of Louisville and was drafted by the Denver Nuggets with the 13th overall pick in the 2017 draft. He was then traded to Utah for Trey Lyles and Tyler London. Man, he is a four-time All-Star, 22-23 All-NBA team, averages 24.6 points, uh, 4.2 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Devin Booker went to Kentucky and was drafted by the Phoenix Suns with the 13th overall pick in the 2015 draft, 2015 NBA draft. Three-time All-Star, 21-22 All-NBA. Career averages are 23.9 points, four rebounds, 4.8 assists per game. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Danny, this was actually an easy one for me, man. You have certain nicknames in the league that stands out. There's no one nickname that stands out is the Black Mamba. Now, anytime you have someone who is getting a semblance or a, a, a mention of the Mamba mentality, I think it kind of gravitate towards that. Mm-hmm. He's also have actually, and this is Devin Booker. To me, I have to get Devin Booker. He's reached the finals. He has also uh, scored 70-plus points in the game. He continues to score at an outrageous rate here. And for him to, make, to reach the finals at such a young age, and for him to score, I think the Suns, all they really need is they're obviously going to get a new coach. They're going to do something with that bench come the offseason. I can see them trading Aiton. CP3, I think, is gone as well. So this is going to be kind of a new-look team, but it's going to be anchored by KD and Book. So I think Booker is going to go into this conference finals at least a couple more times here in the near-term future. I can't say that about Donovan Mitchell. The Eastern Conference is a beast. I don't know what Cleveland's going to do, especially when you have Milwaukee, Boston. You have a resurgent, possibly resurgent, Philadelphia 76, depending upon what they do here. Either way you look at it, it's going to be very difficult for Donovan Mitchell to really progress and come out of the Eastern Conference. I'm going with Booker. Who you got? Jason, this one's tough, man. These dudes actually... If you look at it, they both score 70 points in a game. They have very similar stats. <clears throat> They're very similar players. Both are picked 13. And I was looking back, and I look at Donovan Mitchell. His body of work is in Utah, right? His first year with Cleveland. And if Cleveland would have showed face in the playoffs this year, I think it was, this may have been a different story for me. Because Donovan Mitchell actually had an opportunity to do some things here. If they were to won and beat New York, 
they could have actually did some, they could have made some, did some damage with, for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he could have been, I'm not saying it would be LeBron's legacy, but he could at least start paving the way for that. Mm-hmm. But he came up small, man. He came mm-hmm. up real small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I look at Booker, and this is recency bias, of course. You know, Booker, what he did in his last series against Denver, in Denver's uh, series, and how he was playing. And then he kind of tailed off at the end, but I think he was tired. So if I'm looking at the card itself, I think I'm going to take Devin Booker's card as well. I look, it's very close for me because I think Donovan Mitchell, this was his first year with Cleveland. You know, they went through some pains here in the playoffs, but they can keep that team together and maybe bring another piece in to help him offload some of that pressure. Uh, I think they'll be all right. I know they have Darius Garland. They have Levert. They have Jared Mm -hmm. Allen anchored in the middle, but I think they still need one more piece. And this may change down the line, but then I may consider Spider Donovan Mitchell's card. But right now I'm going to go with D-Book's card just based on how he's been playing from a recency bias perspective. And if I'm looking for a trade, I'm going to go with his card over Donovan Mitchell's. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.